Our leader for tonight is Hannah. Okay. I'm Hannah, compulsive overeater. Thank you very much for asking me. Nancy and I go back a long, long time. I don't even remember how long. Uh, her memory is probably better than mine. But it's always been a privilege for me to participate in OA. It's, it's my life. And I never wanted to be part of OA. I was married to someone, to someone who was in AA. And it, this was the last resort for me because I tried everything else. And I've always been a rebel. I wanted to leave home when I was six years old. Of course, you can't. And I almost worked my way around the world because it was never any good where I was because the people weren't any good. And I figured that out when I was six years old. And uh, I finally left when I was 19 years old. And uh, I was told, you know, no, you can't leave. You have to finish school. No, you can't leave. We're not paying your way out of the country. And when I finally made it, and I went to Montreal because I was definitely sure that it was better there than it was where I grew up. And I grew up in Hamburg, Germany, if any of you know where it is. And I got to Montreal. And you know, the funny thing is, I got there and I took me with me. And the people weren't any good either. But I managed to find a husband because I turned 20. And in those days, marriage was still popular today. I don't know if it still is, but I thought I was getting to be an old maid. And so I looked for the perfect husband and I found him. He was charming. He was the life of the party. And I come from a home where we have compulsive overeaters galore. Everybody was obese and but nobody drank. So I didn't know anything about that. And I still remember a, an entry that I made into a diary. And I always lived in a fantasy world. I always wrote into a diary. And the night before I got married, I wrote, and now I'm married the most wonderful men in the world. And I don't have to write into my diary anymore. You know what? I should have started a new one. I was married 10 years before he found his program and 15 before I found mine. But again, in Montreal, and it's a beautiful place. I've been back there to some conventions and all kinds of stuff, but the people weren't any good. So I had no choice. I had to leave. And also I had to get my husband away from all the people whose fault his problem was, right? And we came down to California. Now, again, things didn't get any better. And I was preparing the papers to go to Australia. And here I was from Germany to Canada to California, and I was on my way to Australia. I might have made it around the world if the program hadn't gotten in the way. But as I said, my husband found his program AA, and he wasn't going to go anywhere. Now, you think I should have been deliriously happy that this guy was finally, you know, working and, and, and supporting himself and maybe me too. I always work. But no, I got even more miserable because I was trying to control them. And it's much easier to control someone when they drink, when they make up for things than it is, you know, to control a person who's actually kind of adjusted his life. And so I was even more miserable. Now, what I did was my thing, my solution was always go on a diet. And I never knew that if you ate less, you weigh less because I was born fat. I weighed over 12 pounds when I was born, I almost killed my mother. And But they always said I was cute because I didn't have any wrinkles. You see, most kids are born that way. And I never knew that I, my obesity, and I got up to about 200 pounds, was related to the food I ate. I just looked at everybody else, my grandmothers, my mother, and they were all fat. And I thought, well, that's the way it is. But I always admired the people who were thin. And the skinnier, the better, because I knew that was perfection. And none of you probably are old enough to remember Twiggy, but she was my idol. 
And I met someone, the Region 9 trustee, and she actually knows her, and she said, she looks like a regular person now. And it's amazing what the program does. But anyway, um, I did not go on diets until I started to, until I got married. I think I weighed about 150, 160 pounds, and I lost a total of 90 pounds in a way. And that's why I am today. And I'm 80 years old, so that's not too bad. But anyway, I uh, gained about 30 pounds, and I wasn't swell when I got married. I probably weighed about 150, 160 pounds. But the first two months, I gained about 30 pounds, and I couldn't understand the world anymore. And then I worked for a pharmaceutical company. Somebody said, you know, if you take these pills, you're going to lose weight. And I was off and running. And I tried just about anything and everything. And I did things that, you know, now looking back at it, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, like some of the diets, like liquid protein. And I was one of those people, I was always a law-abiding citizen when it came to being cash register honest. Or So I went to the doctor and I said, uh, do you think I should, is this okay for me to take? And he said, it's not healthy. And, but I argued with him and I said, what about it if I take it every second day? And he said, it's not healthy. What if I take it one a week? And he said, no matter what I say, it's not healthy. But he didn't say no. So I was off and running until that didn't work anymore. And uh, my favorite food was always sweets. I always say I didn't know anything green was edible until I came to program. Today I know, and the other stuff is out of my life. But things got, you know, from bad to worse. And I was so miserable. And as I said, when my husband quit, I should have been happy. No. He would go off to his meetings and I thought, oh God, my life is going to be over. I'm never going to have fun anymore. And I sat at home wrapped in my blanket. I lived in Pasadena and this brought back memories, all you guys from Pasadena, because that's where I went to my first meetings way back in 1977. And I sat there and I ate my stash and watched television. And I thought my life was going to be over. And I found out in my program that program and life is so much fun even during this crazy time that we're going through and my life has been crazy believe me even during regular times it would have been kind of crazy but this during this time it was even worse but anyway program teaches me I can get through it and do you know there was a saying um, in our book uh, for today um, actually no it was voices of recovery and it said believe you can be abstinent and you can be but I never knew what abstinence was. It was even being on a diet. And then when my diet was kind of successful, life didn't get any better. You didn't treat me any better. And the people didn't do what I wanted them to. And I was so smart. I knew what was right. But you didn't believe it. And you talked back to me or you said you didn't do it, including my husband. And I was off and running again because I always looked for the food and to the food to make me happy. And maybe for a little while it made me happy while it was going down, but then I felt so terrible that I tried all the things. Thank God I was not, I did not become anorexic or bulimic because I tried, believe me. And, uh, but so I'm grateful that it never worked for me because I would have been off and running because then it was well. Today I know it's not, but things have gotten better. And I had, when I came to the program, I finally reluctantly came. Thank God for my husband's program because I watched people. And if somebody lost weight in front of me, how did you do it? And it didn't matter what pill it was, this or that. And somebody said to me, overeat is anonymous. And I reluctantly agreed to go. But what I did, I found a friend who weighed about 50 pounds more than I did. 
And we went to Pomona because I couldn't go to Pasadena because somebody might know me. And in those days, nobody walked on the street and the meeting was at 7.30, it was dark, but I was always worried that somebody would see me that I would go to Obedidus Anonymous. So off to Pomona we went. And you know, they tell me, and today I know, identify with the similarities, not the differences, but I identified with the differences. We had a guy and he, you know, he was at a healthy body weight and he showed us his jeans and they were probably about four times as big as he was. Now, I sat in the very back and also I found someone who weighed 50 pounds more so you, you would know that I wasn't going for me. And I immediately identified with the differences. And today I know we identify with the similarities, not the differences. And I said, I never wore jeans like that. Well, what did I do on weekends? I wore mumus and I never got bigger than a size 12. I always lied to myself and who gives a damn? You don't care whether I lie to myself or not. So I had, I never got bigger than a size 12, but patterns are very patient. You just cut an inch more on either side than two, then three or four, but you never get bigger than a size 12. My life was full of lies and I always thought I was a very honest person and I was cash registered honest, but I lied to myself all the time. And when I came to program, well, I didn't, of course, I didn't like it. And it took two more years. And then I asked somebody else again, how did you do it? And she said, Overeaters Anonymous. Oh, I, that doesn't work for me. I've tried it. And she made a big mistake. She said to me, how many meetings did you go to? And I heard Grisha say, go to four meetings before you make up your mind. And I said, well, I went to one meeting in Pomona. And she said, haven't you heard where your husband goes that they say go to four, five, six meetings before you make up your mind? Ah, mm, I didn't have an excuse. So we made a deal and she was going to meet me at the meeting. And that was the beginning of my recovery. And it's been such a wonderful life, but don't get me wrong. I got there and I thought, I don't really need to work. I mean, working the steps, that was something that I never really thought I heard. I'm sure they said it in, in the other program when I was gracious enough to go with them once in a while, but I never heard it and I thought, well, they read them and I kind of know what they say. So working the steps, I had no idea. Traditions, of course, that was another completely foreign thing to me. To me. So what happened was I got handed the gray sheet and I worked it 150%. I undercounted, you know, my beans, my string beans and all that. And uh, I lost a lot of weight in, in probably from October. I have the first time I came was the middle of October and but then the holiday season came and we went on a little trip to visit friends and you know how it is i don't know if it's against the traditions here to to say the word but i had one cookie and that got me started me off and running and the interesting part is that i came back to oa on january 6th and that's when my abstinence day is january 6 1978 and you do not gain a whole lot of weight and i had lost my weight in these three months but the misery will be refunded instantly. And they took pictures so I can actually see how miserable I was, you know, the day after. And I don't know the, you know, I didn't believe in miracles either. And today I do, because the big miracle was I picked up that what we call the 64,000 pound phone. And I did call someone who I kind of liked. She was kind of nice to me and always said, hi, nice to see you. every time I showed up in Pasadena, Colorado Boulevard. And so I called her up and that was the beginning. And I've never done anything twice in my life, whether it was Girl, Scout, Girl Scouts or anything else. If it didn't work my way, it wasn't any good and I wasn't gonna go back. And this is the only thing why I went back after going on a big binge. And I am very, very grateful. And I was told you have to find a sponsor. 
um, I didn't really need a sponsor. So I found someone who had maybe a couple of days more than I did. And I was told, you have to take an inventory. You have to write your inventory. Well, I want you to know that my first inventory was very deep down. I, it was about half a page long. Okay, you know that there wasn't an inventory. And after, when I, be, when I got my sponsor, and I've had the same sponsor for 30 years until she passed away quite a few years ago, and I immediately went and got another sponsor, only because I've been around for a few years. It doesn't mean that I don't need a sponsor. I definitely need a sponsor, and I always recommend that to people when they come. But, um, um, you know, she kind of got me through it, and she and I knew each other. When both of us had gone to an AA meetings with our husbands, she said it one side and my and the husbands would talk and have a good time she'd sit on one end i sit on the other both of us were fat and we didn't like each other and guess what she was my sponsor for 30 years so go figure and i'm grateful for that and she led me through all these questions that we had like it was like at that time i don't know if they're still around 176 questions and you would step up after 30 days and you would become a sponsor and we would light a candle and then we would burn our inventory and all that and I thought it was so exciting, but the thing that I really identified with, I loved it when people, the speakers that we had, because at first, I, you know, I didn't want to read the books and all that stuff, but if somebody went up there and spoke, and we had a lot of speaker meetings, and talked about some things that happened that weren't very good, you know, like tragedies, losing someone in the family, so, and how they worked through it without having to go back into the overeating and gaining all the weight back. And I was impressed with that. I really was. And I thought, gosh, if they can get through something like that, maybe I can get through it too. And I've been around, you know, I mean, it's over 42 years now. Believe me, there are lots of tragedies that happen because life goes on. But I don't have to eat over it anymore. Like when I lost my husband, which was 23 years ago, you know, I mean, I was very confused, but people wouldn't leave me alone and they dragged me to meetings and they would come and visit and I had to rebuild my life. And how did I rebuild it? I devoted my life to OA because I didn't, I wasn't working anymore. And that has helped me and it still helps me a lot. And I like to give back as much as I can. But going back to some of the feelings, I was always an isolator. I never made any friends. And I don't know why that is. And, and I always was very standoffish. But what I really was, I was afraid of you. And today I'm not afraid anymore. And also I couldn't let you know that maybe I wasn't perfect, that I didn't know everything. And nobody knows everything. And you know, today I make mistakes. It's just human. And I remember an incident that was really kind of crazy. We visited friends way up north in Canada, close <clears throat> to the Hudson Bay. And I was drinking a cup of coffee and I never forgot that. And I spilled part of it. And I wanted to die because I wasn't perfect. And you know, today, I still every once in a while spill something on myself and I look and I said, oops, I can't take me anywhere. And everybody laughs and that's a big difference today. I know I'm human and I know I make mistakes. I don't go out of my way to make them, but it's possible because, you know, as I said, I am human. But um, I don't know. And also I had an awful lot of fears. And I don't know about you. I was afraid of everything, how I ever made it on board ship when I left Germany, I don't know. But the other thing I always had was stubbornness, this false pride that I really wanted to say at the very end, do you think it's okay if I stay home, mom, because they drove me to the ship? But I couldn't say that, so I got on board, but I was terrified. But I was afraid of the dark 
for many, many years, actually until I came to program. Now I love it. It's nice and peaceful. And also I was afraid to be alone. And I, somebody always needed to talk. So I had to have a radio on and a little bit of a light. And today I like it nice and quiet. And, and uh, you know, that's, the planes are still flying. It's flying overhead. So I think they still go. But anyway, and but I was that way for a long time. When I came to program, I was afraid to drive on the freeways. I was afraid to fly. I was in program probably for about half a year so I said, okay, I'll try to get on the freeway. I got up one non-ramp, off the other, off-ramp, and the same with flying. You know, I'd knock three times on the, on the, on the door outside and say, okay, God, here we go. And I, have to, I had to do that for quite a long time. And today, I've flown all over the place. I've been very privileged. I've been seeing you know, the whole world, and I've traveled. And uh, I am not afraid because it's just I trust my higher power. I trust God. Trust God to get me through each day no matter where I am. And um, giving service to program. And it's been a difficult time because, as you know, a lot of things have been canceled. I just got a notification. You probably heard it that even the World Service Business Con uh, the World Service Convention has been canceled. And things are a little bit more complicated. But it doesn't matter. Program goes on and my life goes on. And whatever I can do for program, I love to do. And I think it's so exciting. I think there are two or three of you from Pasadena. You know, we, we, before the meeting, we talked about going to meetings on Colorado Boulevard, and it's still there. I mean, program goes on forever. And I hope anything I can do to, you know, help the program grow and help the program to keep going. And I'm so excited that we have these Zoom meetings because when some of us came, we didn't have that. And we had a telephone with one, you know, cord attached to it. And we, we wouldn't be able to, to keep the meetings going as we do today. So I am grateful. I'm grateful for every day. And today, my computer system, everything was moved because I'm remodeling my home, uh, at least my office. And I was here with three pounds of cables. So I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? But I got it all going. So, guys, I'm ready for a job with an IT company. I think I'm an expert now. <laughs> Anyway, I think I've talked long enough, but I am grateful and I'm also a convention junkie and I'm kind of sad we have a region convention, but it's virtual. And I miss seeing all those people. I'm looking forward to seeing all those guys again. But I'm grateful that I get to see guys in San Francisco and Nancy, who I see once in a while, but not all the time. And it's wonderful. And Grisha, thank you very much. And I know we've met before at conventions in some places up in San Francisco. So thank you for asking me. I really, it's it's an honor to be able to give service to the program, which is my life. Thank you.